When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. Welcome to Lost in America, episode 126. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan. You can find me at Turner B. Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Twitter. And we're on Instagram. Where are we, Cap? Same thing. Cap in America. We're lost in America. And you're Turner Sparks. I'm Turner Sparks. We're blowing up over there. You know what we're promoting? Yes. Our live podcast tonight. Tonight. This very evening. Tonight at Stand Up New York in New York City in Manhattan's Upper West Side. Ooh la la. I will be there. You will be there. Naveed Maboob will be there. The Bangladesh uh, David Letterman, they call him. <laughs> That's what they call him. We have he Joe Schaefer will be there. Paul Mercurio. Stand what do they call Joe Schaefer? The American... Uh, Tom Snyder. Yeah, they they do. They call him the Bay Ridge Tom Snyder. <laughs> Bay Ridge Tom Snyder. And uh, Jared Fried might be there. We will might see. We will he's, see. He's uh, trying to make. He's it. in traffic, but he's going to try. He's running from another show. But on the podcast right now, we have Lenore Skenazy. Crazy Skenazy. Crazy Skenazy. That's how she, that's how she has, references herself. She's joining us. Uh, Lenore Skenazy is the founder of FreeRangeKids.com. And let go or let let's grow. Let's grow kids.com. Let's grow, not kids. Let's grow.com. She's a founder of she's a free range parent. She's a founder of the free range parent movement, Captain. Yes, which so I which I've I've on this podcast I've talked about how I've taken the kids to the governor's island junkyard playground and I've lost my kids and I've done a lot of things that are free rangey, I think. Yes. And you know, so I'm trying to find out if I'm a free range parent. She's gonna fill us in, explain it. So it's the opposite, from what I can tell, it's the opposite of being a helicopter. It's the opposite. I'm definitely not a helicopter parent. I don't have the, it's a lot of work. I'm not, I'm not going to work hard enough to be a helicopter parent. Now the whole question is, are you free range or are you lazy? That's what we're going to find out too. That's what we're going to find out. It's exciting. So before all that, Kaplan. I got, I got news. What's your news? My podcast, my podcast episode uh, dropped on the house of Pod, a medical podcast. What's that? I one of my many. I'm doing like the the tour of the heart attack tour. Oh, you're on a junket. I'm on the junket. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I got interviewed about a month ago, but it's finally out. To wherever podcasts are, they take a month to edit. They go listen, but they you know if you listen to it and right in the beginning something uh, that I want to bring this up. Maybe we have to get blue shirt on. They have a disclaimer. Because it's a medical podcast, but they're all doctors. It's a weekly podcast, and it says that you can't take any of their medical advice. Did you go you blue? You should seek a doctor. 
And I'm wondering, should we be doing that with all these episodes that I'm giving people, telling them about heart attacks? No. Are we okay? Yeah. <laughs> We're experts. I'm an expert? Okay. You I just take our sure, advice. I just want to make sure we don't get sued. Don't listen to don't. these doctors. They're prescribing all kinds of meds. So They're do, in bed with uh, Big Pharma. We're not in bed with Big Pharma. We're not in bed with anybody. We Nobody are, owns us except Amazon. It's great. Amazon is Love great. Love Amazon. Work with them. But they don't own us. They don't own us. Or, okay. So d- no disclaimer. Listen to everything I say about yes. heart attacks and Turner says. About, yeah. We're gospel. Exactly. All right. I'm glad it's Wait, out of the way. What's this other podcast called? The House of Pod. The House of Pod? Yeah. They wow, that's a great name. The House of Pod. <laughs> <laughs> it made you doubt it. Made me doubt it. I was like, that's a great name. Yeah, isn't it? We should come with that. It doesn't have anything to do with medical though. Well, then it says a medical podcast. Oh. And then yeah, so that's that's the name. All right. Well, listen to Kaplan on L- that. Listen to that after you listen to us. After you're the live show, listen to that. Yes, and, and the live show. Oh, so last thing, if you're listening and that you're like, oh, I want to come to the live show tonight, in the liner notes of this episode, in the description of this episode, on your phone, we will have a link to the show tonight for tickets. So click that link, put in, when you check out at Stand Up New York's website, uh, put in the promo code L-O-S-T to get a $5 discount on each and every ticket you yeah, buy. Yeah, and if the, the event might be sold out by, if you waited this long, but I think if you try it, it probably a few tickets left. Tell so. them you know us. Tell them you know us, and uh, you'll, you'll get in. We'll, we'll sneak you in. And Amazon, speaking of Amazon, Kaplan, we still have had $0 this month on Amazon. I don't, now I think it might be conspiracy. I think Amazon might be screwing Right, because I know I've bought things on Amazon. So if we have $0, I, I, can the listeners maybe contact us and tell us if they bought things? Because we, we need to get our money. You we guys, need- contact us. Contact me. Contact us on Twitter. Uh, yeah, Twitter's the best place. Or, or- on ends. Just find me at turner at kungfucomedy.com. I'll throw my website out there. Yeah. I mean, my email address. Contact us there and tell us if you bought stuff in the past month, excuse me, because we're wondering if we're we caught out. We haven't got our money, and I might have to go burst into Bezos' office. Well, he got divorced. And, and, yeah, hang him out the window with it by his feet or something and yeah. threaten him. Vanilla ice him. Yeah. Because <laughs> half his money's gone. Right. Well, well that's not our problem. It's like, I know, know, but he might the, be taking it out of our pocket. If you owe the mob money- and you get divorced, the mob doesn't say, okay, you pay me half. So we're the mob? The mob says the cut comes out of- Yes. Yeah, it comes out of your end. So, yeah, you, know, you figure it out. We're the mob in this scenario, Mrs. Yes. X Bezos. Uh, yeah, so- Did you hear that she's the fourth richest woman in the world now after the divorce? Who are the top three? The Walmart kids or something? The I don't Walmart. know. Alice Walton, shout out. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. All them. So anyway, that's Randy it. Randy Kaplan is up there. She's getting there. <laughs> well, if we get more Amazon Am- money. <laughs> she needs some Amazon money. Cap, should we get to Lost in America? Sure. Play the music. Play the music. Kaplan, you are lost in America this week. What's up? Yeah, so I was watching, uh, there's a special on Netflix I was watching last night. Uh, with It's like a miniseries about the planet, our planet, I think it's called. It really, they, my, my kids were watching a cartoon and all of a sudden this, uh, it ended and it just segued into this our planet. Netflix oh, yeah. really sneaking it in. That's how you get to watch things. And it's a beautifully shot 4K, like every, it goes around the world. You see animals, birds, penguins. It's beautiful. And the kids were into it. Teddy was into it. Sitting on the couch watching them. And then I realized they had an ulterior agenda. A liberal agenda. Uh-oh. <laughs> all of a sudden, they get in Antar- all these penguins, and they're in Antarctica, and they start showing footage of the, gl- of the things melting. The-, the glaciers are melting. The ice caps are melting. And they start explaining, you know, how this is going to cause f- the problems it's going to cause. And Teddy starts getting all, all worried. 
Oh no, the penguins are going to die. Oh no, the, you know, what's going to happen to the fish? Oh no. And it's like, I'm, this is my thing. He's six years old, right? Yeah. I, can they give, for starters, can they give me a disclaimer? Are they gonna, I thought this was a wholesome entertainment. Like, there's violence, there's nudity. Too real. Now it's too real. I gotta wear, I gotta be political. I gotta worry my kid about, cause what's he gonna do about it? Like, he's probably screwed, as we know. Wait, the problem is that you, what is the problem? You don't want your kids watching, uh, the- well, what am I supposed to explain global warming to them? Like, what is oh. the, cause this actually, a while ago, there was like a rainstorm. It rained really hard. Uh, Teddy was at tennis and it started raining. It was a really hard rain, and I, I he had to run in. And he's like, "Oh, my friend Gabriel says that that rain. It was like almost like a hurricane kind of thing, or it like wasn't." But he's like, "My friend Gabriel said it's going to flood because the Earth's getting warmer. Is it going to flood? Because we live really close to the water. He said that our area is going to flood all the time whenever it rains like that. And now he's all nervous. He's probably right. He's probably right. No. Yeah, you guys are definitely in the danger zone. You live right on the water. We there. do. Though that's yeah. you blame it with it. They're they're building things all on the water, even though we know that the world world's getting warmer. So yeah. blame it on. Uh, yeah, the, you got to head for the hills, everybody, <laughs> so, including Teddy Kaplan. But uh, your question is, what's the proper age to tell? But a what kid do I need to worry warming? them about? Like, it, why do we need to worry them with this nonsense? What is he going to do about it? <laughs> he's not going to do anything. I mean, maybe, what's he going to do? Maybe plant a tree? Yeah. <laughs> Earth Day. I mean, we used to. Have Earth Day and now it's like Earth Minute or yeah. Earth Hour, which is more hand because kids don't have attention spans anymore. So Earth Hour is better than Earth Day. They can't concentrate on the Earth for a whole day. Yeah, like you're not gonna worry a six year old with like, oh, I mean, maybe I should start doing this, like start eating better because like your dad had a heart attack. But yeah, you wouldn't say that to him, right? Nothing you do about it. You're either gonna be a fat slob one day or not. But at six years old, nothing you do about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, so so you can teach. Wait, is that true? I don't know. You don't tell kids about health. Well, you, tell them, you tell them about health, but you don't tell them the ultimate consequences. Like, you're going to die. Oh, like, you I want, see. You eat healthy. Like, you tell them good for the environment. I think I could be, like, good for the environment. You Recycle. You don't want to tell them the polar the ice caps are melting, and now Teddy's and now we're gonna flood w- worried and, all day. And the penguins <laughs> are all going to die. Yeah. Right? Am I wrong here, or am I? what should I be doing? What do you think? You're, 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 you're very keen to these uh, sure. environmental I'm issues. Sure, I'm in tune. I'm in tune with the environment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Teddy doesn't need to know the... I think maybe, like, hey, um, throw your trash away, or... It's uh, like a good citizen thing. Yeah, good citizen things to clean up your neighborhood around you. I don't think watching a Netflix documentary about the end of the world is the best possible idea. Plus, what do they know? You know, how does Netflix have all the answers? We trusted the Mayans in 2012, and then they were wrong. That's a Netflix fault. People trust cults yeah. all the time. They're wrong. You know, you t- uh, drink the Kool-Aid and put on the, the Nikes or whatever. Yeah, because he's like a smart kid, and he starts asking me questions, and he starts, you know, he's like, uh, he's get, get, he goes from one to the other, and he sounds like, uh, you know, in Annie Hall when he's like, the universe is expanding. Yeah, like he's having that kind of those kind of conversations. Neurotic, with me about, a neurotic he, child. He's very worried. He's like, "What's the point?" He's like, "Everything's gonna be everything. You know, all the animals are gonna die." And then and now it's like, "I've he's ruined." Yeah, I think Fuck it's it. over for That's your kids. That's why I support Amazon and Netflix. But this is why free, this is why you can't watch your kids at all times, which we're gonna talk about later. Because what happens? They just watch Netflix and then they find out the world's gonna end soon. Right. And so if I'm not also, watching them, I won't hear them have these conversations. Here's the other thing: is it really is the world really gonna end soon, or is, can, is it gonna make it through his life? Or is I guess AOC says no. Well, she they, says they say twelve years, as which long is as what we, I unless we outlaw airplanes. Right. So should I start fine. telling him that that 
every time he flies a plane, like he he wants to go to. I could turn this around. The yeah. kids keep saying, "When are we going to Disney World again? When are we going to Disney World?" Can't go. I can say, if we all go to Disney World, we're flying on a plane. You know how many emissions are going to all those rides at Disney World? Mickey is it? That's going to speed Mickey killed up. a penguin today. That's going to speed up the death of the penguins. Right. So I could use that to not go on vacation. That's a positive. New, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to give you a positive. This is spin. how we'll spin it. And yeah. now, now instead, you can, when you're poor and you can't go away, you could turn it. Instead of you don't want your kids to know you're poor. Staycation. You have money. Staycation. We're better for the planet. Yes. Be a super smug. Yeah. I like it. Done. See? I right. solved that. That's why I like Lost in America. Big when I have a, a really important problem, we solve it like we that. Figure Snap it out. Fingers. Yes. Wrap it up. Int is an app, Kaplan. Speaking of solving problems. You can get in the app stores at the five minute audio recordings. It's great. You can follow us there. You can follow me. I'm at Turner Sparks. We're at Lost in America. I'm also a Cap in America. Also a Cap in America. Get on there. Get in. It's E-N-S-E dot N-Y-C. That's it. You can enter you can enter your if you're using Amazon, you can enter any questions. You know, answer anything you want. We will play it if you hit us up. We'll literally play anything. Did you hear last week's episode? <laughs> we'll play anything. That made no sense, but we played it because what's our contract? Cap, should we get to <laughs> our guest, Lenore Skenazy? Let's get her on the phone. All right, we're back. Lenore Skenazy, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Thanks. Lenore Skenazy of uh, freerangekids.com. And Let Grow. Let Grow is my new nonprofit. Not even that new anymore. Um, but Let Grow is the nonprofit that grew out of Free Range Kids. And our slogan at the moment is uh, future-proofing our kids and our country. Future-proofing. So what does that yeah, mean? Explain yeah, that to her. Well, wait, let's you know, start. <laughs> All right, go. You, you ask me. Uh, let's start out with free, let's start out with what came first and why and what what's this movement all about? Okay, so free range kids um, is I guess the the egg to the chicken, and that began many years ago, eleven years ago now, when my husband and I let our nine year old son take the subway by himself. I wrote a column about it in the New York Sun. Uh, and two days later, I was on the Today Show, MSNBC, Fox News, and NPR, showing sort of the gamut of interest, um, explaining that I, I love my son. I just uh, thought that he could do something on his own. And that sparked such a blowback uh, that I started the blog, Free Range Kids, that weekend to say, look, I'm, I, I believe in safety. I believe in helmets and car seats and seat belts and mouth guards, you name it. I just don't think uh, our kids need a security detail every time they leave the house. And so for 10 years, I went around, I wrote a book, Free Range Kids, and I wrote the blog. And, and I, I noticed, you know, people would not along. I mean, I would talk about how the crime rate today is back to what it was in 1963, which if it weren't the president was, you know, pretty safe time. And, uh, you know, kids are not suddenly. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> took a little, uh, little applause, yeah. yeah. And it's not like, you know, evolution took a new turn and suddenly this generation of kids is like, you know, too dumb to do anything we did or too uh, inept. And so what happened that we are so, um, so obsessed with the dangers that could happen to kids doing anything? And the, by dangers, I mean that they could be kidnapped, raped, or eaten, or not get into Harvard. <laughs> Either way, it looms so large that um, not just parents, but society at large isn't willing to give them any free time when they might be wasting time or they might get hurt or they might not be, you know, getting ahead at quite that clip. And so, anyways, everybody nods along, but 
nothing changes, nothing, you know, people don't go home and start letting their kids play outside or, or give them free time so they can just, you know, read a book or draw or play Fortnite. It's all very concentrated. And so along come um, some wonderful people, Jonathan Haidt, who wrote The Coddling of the American Mind, and Dan Shuckman, who used to be head of FIRE, uh, the chairman of FIRE, which is the Foundation for Individual Rights and in Education. They fight for free speech on campus. And they said that there's something that they're noticing with uh, young people on campus and beyond um, being a, a little fragile, um, you know, conflating if I feel discomfort. No, I haven't somehow. heard that. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is all very new. Anyway, it's, it's, it's not just on campus. It's, there's, there's these spiking anxiety rates among children. I was just reading a statistic today that was just so disheartening. I don't even want to talk about it, but it had to do with child suicide. So anyways, they say, look, if something is happening with younger kids, it's not just suddenly people get 18 and start feeling anxious. There's, there's something in society that seems to be undermining kids' you know, confidence and competence and capability and optimism and can-do spirit. And um, they saw that I was trying to, to, to fight that tendency. And so they said, let's form uh, a nonprofit together. And I said, okay, but let's also bring in Dr. Peter Wait, Why? What? At the gang. It's like Ocean's 12. <laughs> Uh, Everyone's got it. Can I wait? Can I stop you for a second? So, uh, yeah, you can. This all started because your son took the subway by himself. Is that right, or the bus? Yeah, subway. That's so weird. Yeah, I know. So, just here, I just want to say, <laughs> I take the subway every day. I see kids on the subway every day. Yeah, but not by themselves. Yeah, you good. Well, With other kids, no. maybe. <laughs> you do? No, it, it is yeah, they're selling, looking at other selling kids? candy and. Oh, there's always are, kids on the subway by themselves. Yeah, but I don't think there is, and there always have been. Yes, but there I, have I, been. Uh, I I say there's, you know, I I think there might be fewer today because it has become um, because parents are with their kids more, and and the idea of letting your kids out of your sight has become less of a norm. Um, but there's still, you know, it doesn't mean that there's no kids on the subway. Yeah, I have a, I have really, a seven. I have writing a, about it threw people off. Yeah, right? Kaplan has two kids. I have a child who's almost seven, and he's very good mm-hmm. with direction. And yeah, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. You know, I don't know if I can imagine two years just saying get on Wait, the subway by yourself. But also, Kaplan lost him on on a Halloween one year because he was wearing a mask and he ran into a crowd and then he couldn't find him. I did lose him for about 15 minutes at a hall. <laughs> yeah, so, but I guess yeah, that was good for know, him, though, right? Let, let's talk about that for a second because what's what's interesting about that is we've all you know lost track of our kids at some point and gone almost crazy. I mean, I remember you know I couldn't find one of my kids on. 34th Street once, and it was just horrible, and I was screaming, like screaming like a crazy person because I was going crazy. Um, But one time on my blog, I asked people to tell me these stories. Everyone had a story of somehow at some point not being able to find their kid, and it was awful, but it was not, um, it wasn't ultimately the end. It was was a horrible moment or, or half hour or however long it was, but nowadays, that's used as an excuse. It's like, see, you never want that to happen because think of all the bad things could happen. And basically, all the people wrote to me and said, 
it was awful, but nothing bad did happen. And, and I'm going to ask you, what, so you found your kid again? What happened after the Yeah, his, the kid's, his kid's still alive. He's still alive, and it's a badge. Yeah, but you feel this anxiety as a parent that the other parents who are know that you're looking, you lost your kid, that they're looking down on you, right. you're a failure. They've right. never lost their kid. So it's, you know. Well, you, first of all, yes, they have. Oh, well, I <laughs> don't tell you they that. Have. You know, here, here's a guy. So let me tell you a story about a guy in England. So he was at the pub with his wife and his kid, and um, then they left, and the wife went off in one car, and the husband went off in another car, and their kid, who was eight years old at the time, came out of the bathroom and said, uh, <laughs> Wait, this happened to me! everyone. Right, right, right. When I was a kid. Was this the plot of Home okay. Alone? My parents left me <laughs> at a construction pl- site. <laughs> really? In Northern really? California, in the woods. Really? Yeah, wow. I mean, it, it was a construction smart. site for our new house, but... And it was still a construction and you found your way home? I ran. I tried to run to my grandma's house, which was like five miles away, and I got like mm-hmm. two miles away, and then my parents drove by. I saw them, they like drove back. But they put, took two yeah. separate cars, exactly like the kid in the pub. What happened in England? Right, the well, guys, what happened to them? I, I want to tell you who the kid in the pub's dad was. <laughs> His dad was the prime minister. <laughs> it was Tony Blair. Oh, yeah. Tony Blair, terrible parent. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dad. War starter. The point is that it, it happens to everyone, and to use that as an excuse for that's why we should never let our kids out of our sight is to say that because things can't be perfect, we should never let our kids do anything on their own anymore. And I'm just trying to remind people that things have never been perfect, and we can't expect them to be perfect. And in fact, the fact that life isn't perfect gives us some stories, some memories, teaches us some lessons. But it's, it's not the end of the world. And, and yet, you know, people say, see, that's why we can never let them out of our sight. No, that's just what it means to be a parent. Not every moment is going to feel great. And I would say it's even less. I mean, I have no stats to back this up. But when I grew up in the 80s, I grew up in Northern California, yep. and there were serial yep. killers everywhere. Everywhere. Like <laughs> the, the Unabomber, the night. No stats to show that there were <laughs> that there were. Serial killers everywhere. They were everywhere. They were on uh, Unsolved Mysteries. There was like the Night Stalker, which right, now they're finding right, right. them all. And New York, DNA test. I mean, New York was like not even close. They were close, on Law so and Order. More. They were on Water Order. Yeah. And, uh, they, were, they were on CSI. They were everywhere. And my parents oh, yeah. would leave me. I mean, I think they would leave us with the babysitter, but it's not like the babysitter knew uh, high-level defense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. What's a, what's a yeah. 16-year-old so girl going to do? Care. They obviously didn't care whether you lived or died. Exactly. Clearly. They just left with a babysitter. I have a question. Really couldn't defend you against the newsie. I'm a parent, as we've discussed. I've got two. And, you know, my kids, mm-hmm. they kind of run roughshod over me. So, like, I know I'm not mm-hmm. going to succeed as disciplinarian, so I'm going to try to succeed somewhere else. So maybe I'll succeed. I'll raise them better by being more free-range and more, they can become more independent. That'll be their advantage on other kids. So I want to, like, that, I, I want to achieve. I believe it. Yeah, so, so, but what's, like, with going outside and, like, you know, you say kids don't go out. You mean they don't go out by themselves anymore. But is that because, I have to partly think that's mm-hmm. because kids don't want to go outside. Like, my kids, it's like well, to get the... To get them to go out, it's like I got to literally drag them outside. They want to play video games and watch TV. So, do you think yeah. it, there's so a, let, do, do you think the parents don't let the kids out? Is that what the main well, issue I think is? It's, it's it's a you know it's one of those little infinity loops. It's sort of everything goes back and forth on its own. Uh, one of the things about video games is that they're fun and it's something you can do and you can do it with friends. And if you go outside now and you're in many a neighborhood across America. There's, you go to the park and there's no one to play with, or there's all these little kids with their parents or babysitters, but there's nobody your age because nobody else is going out. So you go back home and there's your friends. They're on Fortnite or whatever. Yeah, so but the, the internet. The, 
Well, I think this is a big. Not the same. Well, I think this is also my personal experience. Is this is a bigger problem in the suburbs because we live in the city, and outside Mm -hmm. outside um, our apartment, there's like playgrounds and there's fields and there's tons of kids outside. Um, mm-hmm. I think the issue is that they're they're at a crazy age when they're not, they're like their parents are like right on top of them, but they are outside. But then you go to the suburbs, mm-hmm. like I go where I grew up. I remember we used to ride bikes. I used to do all sorts of things by mm-hmm. myself, and I don't see mm-hmm. anyone outside. It's like a ghost town. Like no one's well, you know what? the playgrounds are empty. Filters. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so is that a, is I that a um, city versus rural issue, or is it the same everywhere in the United States? Um, I can't say. What I hear a lot is that um, what you've just said before that care, in a way. Kids are not going outside because they've sort of lost the um, the habit of being able to go outside, find some friends, whether it's their age or a gaggle of kids of mixed age, and know how to organize something without it being organized for them. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, this happened with my own kids too. I was very sad that I wasn't sure that my kids themselves could go outside and organize a game of touch football or capture the flag because. You know, we too had sent them to little league and soccer practice and this practice right. and that everything's practice. Organized. And while you, yeah, so everything's organized. So you're learning the only things you're left to be taught, which is how to kick the ball or how to hit the ball. But you aren't learning how to make a team, how to decide. You know, we where used the bases? To, is it in or out? We used to throw rocks at each other by the by the <laughs> by, creek. Up, really? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean that's. Uh, I noticed this because I... And everyone's still alive, by the way. Everyone's still alive. A few (laughs) eyes are missing, but... Yeah, I noticed what you're saying because I used to play, like... I used to go out by myself at, like, six, seven, eight years old, and I played tackle football, you know, and now with, like, Mm -hmm. older kids, mixed kids. And now Mm -hmm. my son will play football and baseball and soccer with friends in the park, but oftentimes there's a parent who's involved in, like, pitching. Really? All-time quarterback? Or, like, all-time... I'll be... Yeah, and and the kids have trouble, I feel like, getting the... um, the rules expressed to each other and they all start crying. It's like, I feel like mm-hmm. you almost need a, they need they a referee crying or like, and then, so right. I'm, I'm trying to be free range. I let them play tackle football. I'm just like, anything goes. So just Lenore, go nuts. Lenore, I don't have any kids. I can't yeah. tell if Kaplan's making all this up. Can you back him up on any of this? Cause I don't, I'm backing him up. And I, I got something to say about the, the crying and the kids have a trouble making rules. One is I think that they aren't used to making rules because right. everything is so prescribed for them mm. that they are told what to do. And basically, after-school sports end up really being more school. You just happen to be learning, you know, how to hit a ball. But somebody's telling you where to go and when, exactly. you know, when the game starts and ends and who brings the snack. But the other thing is that when we're with our kids, we are going to see them doing all this stuff that seems somewhere between frustrating and horrible, which is they're screaming at each other, trying to make the rules, and somebody's stamping his foot, and somebody feels left out. And you know, one of the reasons we feel as parents we have to be there so much is we are there so much that we watch the horrible mess that that is coming to consensus, that is making something happen. But in fact, that is what kids are supposed to do. Yeah. They're supposed to be frustrated and annoyed and have to figure out how to get your way, but have you know, but be nice enough so that other people will still play with you. And all that is called becoming a functioning human being. And when we watch it, it looks so messy and so upsetting. And is he hurt? Are his feelings hurt? Is he being bullied? Is that, you know, really, is he getting his turn that we're there? And we, we want to dive in to make it more efficient and fair. But that's what they have to figure out. That's why play looks like, to, to us, it looks like, 
just a disaster. And that's what's tricky because I kind of I get what you're saying, and I like to like let them play it out and figure it out on their own. And there are, but there's like other parent. You, you always get nervous, like if some other parents watching, and they're like they're gonna they're gonna jump in, and so it's like mm-hmm. it's almost like you're almost saying it's almost better to be like the absentee parent who's like on their phone ignoring everything. Does <laughs> that will that make me better? I, I, I think that here's what we propose. Um, so let grow has two basic ideas or initiatives that we think are really simple and really help press the reset button on a culture that's sort of gone um, overboard in terms of adult intervention, as if all kids need us all the time. And so one idea, and this is Dr. Peter Gray, who we love, who's a, Shout who's out. a book called uh, <laughs> Big fan. Free to Learn. He's, he's so great. Yeah. Okay. So um, his idea was keep the schools open <laughs> after school for free play. And so you have a place that all the kids already are, right? And a certain percent of them stay there. They're mixed ages so that kids learn how to, you know, that's how you learn empathy. The older kids are nicer, you know, sort of have to deal with the younger kids and vice versa. The younger kids want to look kind of, you know, mature and not like babies to the older kids. So you have a bunch of kids there of mixed ages. They're in a place that's safe, um, that at least was safe for the first six hours of the day. probably safe for the next three hours of the day. There's an adult on premises in case something goes terribly awry, but they aren't organizing the games. They are, you know, they're handing out, you know, hula hoops and balls and, uh, you know, just junk that kids can play with. And then um, the kids are off their devices (laughs) for those three hours. Oh, I see. That's a long time. It seems like a a win, 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 and all you have to do is pay for – Somebody to be there watching, but not intervening. Like he should so, be there on his in, on the, reading the newspaper, not really paying attention. Be there on Let their phone. Right, right, yeah. right. Kaplan, that's that does like a great job for I'm, me. I can do that. Lenore, I'm a stand-up comedian, and there are a lot of comedians in New York City who don't make enough money to truly be comedians. Yeah. Any day go. jobs. Right, right, right. This great is great. Day. Joe for Schaefer. Them. <laughs> yeah, Joe Schaefer. Right, they could be in the corner just practicing their routine. Yeah. You know, or being sullen. Just <laughs> scrolling Instagram when yep. they're not on stage, and then the kids just go and play. I like. The idea though of this after school, it almost sounds like a fight club could break out. Like the kids just settle on their own and just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to find that because after school activities are very stressful, as you know, if, as a working parent, you just, they need to do something. But all these things are so structured. I know it's like it's not free. Right. That's, yeah. It's not free, but it's close to free. I mean, really, there already is a school that exists. And, you know, if they have any space, uh, you know, most schools have some space. Well, I, I, another question is, is this a uniquely American thing? I used to live in, no. chi- in China, and I know that's like the oh, most, wow. I was there for 12 years, and that's the most like, oh my God. I taught English for a short part but of time no. to kids while I was there, and those parents are on them because mm-hmm. it's one kid, and then mm-hmm. two parents, and then f- those two parents are also single child, so four grandparents, so it's six people watching yeah. one kid. And I noticed that when I I taught all age, well, like kindergarten through high school and in kindergarten Mm -hmm. and first, second grade, they'd be really creative. And then by like sixth grade, they were Mm -hmm. way less creative than they than they were as little kids. Yeah. I wonder, is this hurting creativity? Yes, I think so. I mean, there's actually um, once again, Peter Gray cites actual studies of this. There's some way you can measure creativity. Um, It sounds strange, but it's true. And creativity levels in America have been going down, but it certainly doesn't surprise me in China because there's such an emphasis on book learning and on passing the test at the end of high school on which your entire career and, frankly, your parents' social security depends on because that's how you'll get into the good school or not. So we had a Chinese exchange student live with us for a year. Um, 
it was a strange year. But he told me what happened. <laughs> what? At the end. Why was it a strange <laughs> year? Um, because he um, he considered it a year off and just oh. didn't want to do anything. And I think he'd been run so ragged by the first, you know, his now, he, now he's so, free reign. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to hang he, out he and play Fortnite. But he didn't even range. I mean, that was what he was interesting. Range. He was in New York City. And he stayed um, basically in the bedroom playing video games. Oh, and it American was hard, dream. I mean, <laughs> it's hard to get him interested in exploring, you know, look, you can't, why don't you come to America? You can explore, you can meet people. We had an, another exchange student that same year who was doing all this stuff. Anyways, what I wanted to say is that he said that at the end of the test, when, when, when the school year is over, the students celebrate by taking their textbooks and tearing them into confetti-sized pieces yeah. and throwing them into the courtyard, which to me suggests that they're not really excited about anything they learn. <laughs> they're not excited <laughs> about They're destroying <laughs> books. They're destroying it. They hate, they hated their education. They yeah. Despised it was all memoriz- memorization from what I remember. Yes. Mm. So, right. so, so it, that anyway. doesn't strike me as a real, you know, happy-go-lucky society, but of course that was just... One out of literally 1.2 billion kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you think the whole world's kind of moving in this direction? In the wrong direction. Um, do I think the whole world? I don't know about the whole world. I can tell you that the English-speaking countries, which are the people who correspond with me, because I'm American and that's all I speak, um, you know, in Australia, they're taking down, you know, the jungle gyms, and in England, they, you know, they're worried that parents can't take any pictures at any uh, school functions because what if some, they, it's always vague, but what if quote unquote something bad happens with one oh, of yeah. the pictures? So yeah, people are very sensitive about like in America. You don't take terror. Really? It's like you can't it's, take a group shot with other kids in like it. Like Native it's, Americans. Is it? <laughs> exactly. So that's, that's. But not because you're stealing your soul. It's because, uh, you know, somehow uh, there was a really weird story in England where a, a principal or a headmaster at a school gave each child their yearbook and each kid's picture in the yearbook, like if it was Susie's picture, Susie got the book and her picture was fine, but every other child had a magic marker, black mark across their that eyes, is... so nobody would use their picture and paste it on the face, uh, you oh know, paste my gosh. face on some other body and, and sell it as child. It was just such a weird, weird, weird story. But That's um, weirder than blackface. A... <laughs> strange. So yeah. it's overkills. Yeah. Over... There's a lot of overkill. Is there overkill of, because in America we're having this problem where like if you leave your kiddo alone for like a second and then someone calls the police or if mm-hmm. you let them walk. Is that, right. is that, that's a problem in Australia and England and other countries? Yeah, Australia, they get down on you if you left the kid. You're not allowed to go pay for your petrol while, while the kid is waiting in the car. So, oh, so I do that. You might I, l- I let him in the car and I go. It's petrol. Um, so last year, Utah passed the first free-range parenting bill, Ooh. which says that it's not neglect if you let your kid um, play outside, walk home from school, <laughs> wait briefly in a car. Of course you know, it's and not. It's really, it's, <laughs> It shouldn't be, and if and it really, I don't even think it was beforehand. But if there's a chilling effect that you do hear about the stories of people being arrested, and you do know that sometimes, you know, everybody's got a phone, which means that everybody can complain about everybody else, everybody except the kids under eighth grade. And so um, you don't, you you just want to know that you're allowed to make parenting decisions that are rational and that make sense for your family and that aren't insane without somebody second-guessing you and opening uh, an investigation yeah. into your 
family. Please have do. you faced have you faced any blowback because of this all these views and the movement? <laughs> you kidding? Yeah. You kidding? And who, uh, is it partisan? Is yeah, it like the no, left or the right or is it is this no, a nonpartisan no, no, disagreement? This is all it's middle. It's so <laughs> nonpartisan. That's what's kind of exciting. Yeah. Is that like, wow, this is something that is not a political issue. This is do we think that, you know, parents have a right to decide when they want to give their kids some independence and do we think that kids have a right to some, you know, some modicum of autonomy that not every single second has to be, you know, watched and taught and held, you know, it's right. So who's uh who are the people that are against you? You know, it's I say it's it's um more random people than a group of people. It's people who really believe that somehow I don't care about children's safety and that I don't care if um, children are hurt, which is a weird thing to think about anybody. Like, oh, yeah, I don't care if kids die. It's yeah. a strange, strange persona that they would think exists. Um, you know, so people write and say, it's, I think it's people who are fear, fearful. And, you know, it's almost like we used to blame, this is, this is a tortured analogy, but we used to blame rape victims by saying, oh, well, it's her fault. She wore a skirt that was too short or she was coming home too late or she walked through the wrong neighborhood. And gradually we realized that's crazy. Nobody actually is trying to get raped. But now we don't blame the victim anymore. But we we started blaming another kind of victim, which is we blame the parents where anything extremely untoward that nobody wanted to happen happens to their kids. Think of when that lady's kid fell into the gorilla cage at the zoo yes a, a couple of years ago i mean people were saying she should have known and i never take my eyes off my kids and you know everybody knows that this is a danger and it's like if it's if everybody knows that it's a danger to go to the zoo no one would go to the zoo right and, you <laughs> right? Can't, it was- and if it was really if it was really dangerous it would have happened time and again. It was so odd that we're all talking about this one incident because we all know it because it doesn't happen <laughs> very right. often. And so, but people screamed at her. And, and so the people who believe that parents, that, that any human being has total control and, and they like to believe that for the same reason we like to think that it was the, the rape victim was because of her fault and I have more control and it would never happen to me. People who want to think that we can control every Every, everything, let's just end there, everything, period, are mad at me for saying, you know, we can't. We'd like to, we can't. At some point, we have to go with the odds and recognize that we're not perfect, the world isn't perfect. Um, if something bad happens to some child, it's usually because of bad luck, not because of bad parenting, and I'm not going to jump on them. And it's the people who do want to jump on them who hate me, too. So, yeah, my last thing I wanted to bring up uh, before we let you go is um, what, are, what about like disciplining kids? Like, where does is it like a free range? Because oh, I'm, cause I'm a disaster with discipline. So okay. I'm looking for a mantra that'll work. So because I cause in my I head, I'm thinking like a free range. You're kind of like old school mm-hmm. in a way. But like that, that, that I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think? Well, how do I how do I get my kids in line without being, uh, you know, good luck. You know, because um, <laughs> <laughs> my kids are animals not my forte oh, okay. um, oh, you know free range lecro does not mean no rules okay Just so we still have rules more trusting of your kids and frankly they can earn your trust you know the more they come home when they say they're supposed to come Ooh, you know when you've agreed on them coming home or they come back to the place in the mall that you said let's meet at the more freedom that you give them but i don't have any idea what makes for 
you know, a correct punishment or, or this or that. And, and, and frankly, I was not I was gonna, good at it with my own kids. I was going to so workshop it like me. a tweet. Olivia, I'm going to give you an example. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Lenore. Uh, how do people find you? I know we mentioned the website, but what else? What, uh, how, how do they follow you? Find me at letgrow.org. And um, I just wanted to say the one other idea that we have besides the Let Grow Play Club is the Let Grow Project, because we are now trying to get that name out there, Let Grow. Not let it grow, not let's go, not let them go. It's let grow, <laughs> L-E-T-G-R-O-W. And so the Let Grow Project is where teachers tell the kids to go home, and their homework is to do something on their own without their parents, preferably outside. And the reason we love this is because it's free, it's fast, and it changes the parents instantly because all the parents have lost an idea of, like, when is it okay for my kid to, like you say, you know, go outside or cross the street or go down the block or even go down the hall and, you know, knock on a neighbor's door or, or do anything by themselves, make a cake. And so when they are sort of, their hand is sort of pushed and every, by the school and everybody is doing this, everybody is giving their kid some new independent experience. Right, they won't be looked it's down on. It's much easier. It's, yeah. No, it's so easy because yeah. you're in a group. I mean, it's yeah. not, you're the crazy parent anymore. It's everybody's doing it. That the crazy free What did you get to do? Not the craziest Canadian. So, um, <laughs> so we highly recommend that when you go on letgrow.org, you, you, know, you try to get your school to consider doing this project because it is so freeing and it is so great for the parents because they realize that this kid that they've been hovering over and they didn't know when they were allowed to let them do anything because nobody lets kids do anything, they do, and they're, they're just thrilled by their competent, blossoming, confident kid and it really changes the whole community pretty instantly and that, that's all it's just, all right. it's just a great and, thing and what so age can simple. i let my kid do this right outside seven can i send him out on his own it's up to you all right that's it lenore, that, Randy? <laughs> lenore skenazy thank you very much <laughs> thank for you doing so much the podcast. Oh, thank you guys okay thanks for having me on. all right that is it have a good day you too bye-bye Thank you to our guest, Lenore Skenazy, Kaplan. Crazy Skenazy. I learned a lot. I'm going to be a better parent by not being involved when I get home. Great. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've already been I'm gonna doing get home. that. I'm going to open the door and say, like, you know when mice, when you let try to let them out of the house? Yes. Uh, the, before you call, the, I'm just going to open up the door and say, kids, get the fuck out. I'm taking, I'm taking TV over. You go outside. You're you're in charge, Teddy. taking my parenting up a notch. Take pancakes with you if you can. Go get lost. <laughs> yeah, go get lost. I have one thing to say, though. My brother lives in suburban D.C. He lives in Arlington, Virginia, and his kids on their street, they have this, the all the neighbors, they have these like block parties every few months. Mm. The kids all know each other. I'm there sometimes. The kids go outside of the house. They go run up and down I the think street. It's more, yeah, I think they it's knock so, on people's doors. I think doors. some neighborhoods are more are better than others. Yeah. The parents are more aware of this problem. Because like I said, in Pennsylvania, it looks like a ghost town. There's yeah, like, there's, no kids. there's no kids left. I never well, see yeah, that's the Rust Belt. Got, yeah, the Rust Belt. Magov is going to fix that. <laughs> all right. First news story of the week today comes from us in the Daily Mail, Kaplan. Back to the basics. Yang Yang Zhou and uh, 
uh, Tron Jiang. Shout outs to both. Are alleged to have sent a total of 1,500 fake iPhones to Apple, claiming the imports from Hong Kong were faulty in order to get real devices back and sell them online. Does that make sense? So what I'm saying is what happened is these two, uh, I think they're Chinese citizens, but they live in Portland, Oregon. Yes, they are Chinese. Uh, they uh, had 1,500 fake iPhones, and they sent them into Apple to try to get a refund. They're like, oh, it's broken. Right. They claimed right. it was like a real iPhone that was broken, and then they wanted a refund on it. So they made these fake iPhones? Like, I, no, I think they bought them for like a you know a, a fraction of the price. This is so so much because iPhones are actually made in China. There's a couple things that is fake iPhone. Yeah, a couple things this reminds me of. One is when I first opened Mr. Softy, our first day as a business in 2007 in Suzhou, China, we had these people come up to us with hundred RMB notes, like fifteen dollar bills, basically, and we're saying they would buy something for one dollar and then give us the hundred and be like, oh, can I get change? And they were giving us fake hundreds. Oh, so they would get a free ice cream cone plus like fourteen bucks, and you would fall for it. But it's too good to be true. Why are they giving you a hundred? Well, that's <laughs> it's not uncommon to be like, this is all I have because uh, a hundred is only fifteen dollars. You know, right. it's not like a hundred dollar bill. What I'm saying is, it's it's a sneaky move, but it works, and that's what the, kind of what these guys are doing with the fake iPhones. I, and then also, so remember, have you ever heard of like those dumb kids in high school? I never heard of those dumb kids in high school. I didn't. They I would uh, return. They would steal stuff from uh, Home Depot and then return it. Uh, we didn't have that. Yeah, but we didn't. We weren't so shifty in Pennsylvania. Are you f- serious? I, Never I, heard of that scam. Or wait, no? wait. You steal stuff from Home Depot and then you'd return the store or any store. You wouldn't even have to steal. Like they would just take it off the shelf uh-huh. at Home Depot and then be like, "Oh, I bought," and then take it to the returns and be like, "I bought this. I, I left. I forgot my receipt." But don't they have a thing where they run it through a scanner or something? They probably do now. Yeah. In the '90s, they didn't have that. Everyone, yeah. I like when then when I went to college, there was kids who did that in Miami. Yeah. So I feel like this is a nation. I, mean, I had a girlfriend thing. who was like a klepto who like would steal things from like Macy's and stores like that. And yeah. then sometimes shout she, out. And then I'm not gonna get <laughs> And then she would return them though. Yeah. Or she would return things that were like gifts or something without any receipt or in what store. Like she would make up some bullshit store. So you're Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but these guys, I think they're that you iPhones seem like a hard thing to fake because it's like nah, it's very technical. They have them all over China. Like, they have fake i they have fake Apple stores. Yeah, but in, in America, going to a place in America and trying to shake cause it has to be like Maybe like an iPod or something. It's just like a one button. Well, it worked to the tune of $1 million. Oh, so they got the money. So how did they get caught then? I think the one millionth and one iPhone. They got greedy. Yeah, they got greedy. It's like that that Michael Avenatti guy who was trying to shake down Nike. Yeah. I think if if you're going to come after these massive American companies, you might... Eventually, you're going to get fucked because they do have good security. They do have good lawyers. What was his story? They're not the right places to be stealing. How was he trying to... What was he trying to shake them down for? I should have looked that up before. Oh, I up. Oh, okay. <laughs> Something to do with, yeah, I don't know. Next yeah. story of the week today. Well, the next story of the week comes to us from, Re- Re- how do you say it? Reuters? Reuters. Readers? It's Reuters. It's spelled Reuters. That'd be a tough word for, I know, you know, when you have like a kid who's learning to read. Yeah. You don't re- give them Reuters. You really learn through their eyes what words make no sense yes. if you didn't know how to read. So this would be one I know Teddy would struggle That's with. like me. I'm learning to read. <laughs> You're learning to read. You're back to America. Texas civil, ri- civil court judge accidentally resigns. Wow. He pulled a Costanza? He pulled a Costanza, he accident, but he did it on accident. <laughs> a newly elected judge in Houston accidentally resigned on Monday, according to local media and a county official, after he shared plans online to run for the state Supreme Court, apparently unaware that in the state of Texas, in the Texas Constitution, can uh, if you plan to run for a state Supreme Court, that is considered an announcement and an automatic resignation. 
Wow. So it triggers your resignation, just planning. Just planning, just planning to do something? As long as you say it, I guess. That would eliminate a lot of the people running for president now. If, like, just I, talking about running for president made you had to lose whatever job you had. Do you lose your job if you're like a, uh, like when Obama was, he was a senator and then he decided to run for president? Does he lose his senator? No, you're still, and what happens Isn't is- Isn't that stupid? Yeah, because they never, they, once they get into the campaign, they're never around for votes. They're not doing like, anything. Unless it's like a swing vote. And wasn't and I, Obama a first-term senator? He was. So he see, really was only senator for one year. Yeah. Or less. Yeah. And then he, I mean, technically he was a senator for two years, but the first, last year and a half, he's run for president. And that's why the country was such a mess, then Donald and the, Trump had to fix it. Yeah, right? what, are you, what are you getting at here? What's your point? <laughs> I have no point. I'm just saying that. Yeah, well, that's why they should, yeah. That's, just calling it like I see it. So you're saying this judge, I mean, he should lose his job because he's not going to be able to focus. Exactly. I agree with Houston Texas. Yeah. judging people. Yeah. While he wants to be, yeah, so good uh, good on Texas. But what about the senator? What's his name? Uh, the guy who shot uh, JFK? <laughs> Wait, what? The senator from Texas. He wasn't Ted a Ted Cruz. Oh, didn't he shoot JFK? Like, his dad. Oh, his dad. And his dad did not shoot JFK. Oh, I thought it was him. <laughs> he was right, he ran for president. He, Listen, I, I pay attention to the deep this state. This is one of the dumbest news segments you've ever done. And they tell me that Ted Cruz <laughs> shot JFK. There was this JFK. pizza thing with Hillary. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two. Yes. Him and the Ted Cruz shot JFK. Ted Cruz is a senator, right. and he ran for president, right. but he didn't lose his job. Right. Now we've had and he's some, in Texas. Well, some saying. people have given up their current jobs, and it kind of backfired. Or they say they're not. Like, we've had people who are up for re-election as a senator, and they say, well, to show I'm committed to being president, I'm not going to run for re-election as senator if I, you know, this is it. Yeah. And that's happened. They back, sometimes it backfires. You lose, and you're out of a job, and you just got to become a consultant and make a lot go, of money. Yeah, go work at the mall. So I'm not going to announce, I, I, you know, the alt-middle needs candidates. People have been trying to get me to throw my hat in for lots of different things. You automatically lose your place I, on this pod. I, I don't want to lose. There's a policy, the ENTS contract that we signed with Ikram. He yes. wants us committed. Committed. To, to commit to this podcast. So we I just re up for 100 more episodes. 100 more episodes. I'm on like a billion-year contract with Ikram. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice it. So uh, I cannot announce anything. I know we need good candidates. If you want to run for the alt-middle on the alt-middle line, come to us. It's not going to be us. Also, the problem with us running is there's uh, that equal time rule. Yeah. You know, now we have to start a podcast for our opponents. We, oh, we do. Just so they can have equal time. No, we're just going to give any candidate to support the letting kids, letting parents leave their kids alone in the park movement. Yeah. The Lecro. We're gonna, also known as not really parenting. <laughs> that's our, those are going to be our candidates. So that's, that's our first posi- a new position. Last news story of the week comes to us from our old friends at the Shanghaiest, Kaplan. Our oldest friends, some say. U.S. pressuring Chinese company to sell grinder over national security concerns. I have Kaplan, a lot of for, questions. For some of our uh, our uh, less uh, savvy listeners, what's grinder? I do not know what grinder is. Oh, come on. I've never heard the term. What's uh what's Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> it's my favorite cowboy movie. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so grinder is a uh, one of them gay apps. One of them. Said? It's the precursor it's to Tinder. Men to meet men. It was the original Tinder, but what? it was for gay for gay people. Oh, so gays invented Tinder? Yeah. It was Grinder was first. What did they even need it for? They've got special bars. They didn't even need to do that. <laughs> special bars? Gay bars? You just go to a bar. You meet someone. It seems so easy. But you could do that. Straight people could do that. It's not as easy. It's Come not on. as easy I as mean, it sounds. It doesn't, are you going to a, a straight bar, as you say, or just a bar. Oh, you yeah. don't just walk I call in. them straight <laughs> bars. You know, I remember years ago, I, I, once, <laughs> I was once with some friends, and we brought them to a, a bar, Sixes and Eights, I remember, old New York City bar. That was the name of the bar? And we walked it. It's a Wait, right, like you had to be a six or an eight? No, it's just the cool name of a bar. No you know? below six, no above eight. I actually like that rule. Yeah. 
I, no, but yeah, because most you don't want to see I, super hot. I, I somehow found girls who are below ones. a six, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. neither here nor there. But uh, we walked in there one time. It was all men in Sixes like uh, just underwear. It was like a gay underwear party. Oh, and I came out and I said to, there was a girl working the door, and I was like, oh, is it every it, when it like if we're back tomorrow night? Is it like regular night? And she got all offended. Oh, you can't call it regular <laughs> night. <laughs> but I wasn't the the gay thing. I was just like being guys are in, all in cis. underwear. You, call, you have to call it cis night. Cis night. Yeah. By the so, way, this whole cisgender thing can i for a minute yeah who would whoever invented this it's like use the term sis like it's, sissy it's like a sis it's insulting it's like yeah. a sissy to explain a man yeah, yeah, we get it yeah it was probably we get what you're trying are to you do. saying it was the chinese because the chinese well, they didn't invent grinder they just uh they bought oh, yeah. it back to point. this story yeah they bought it for uh some company some chinese company bought it a couple years ago i looked it up for 245 million which doesn't seem like a lot yeah, I thought it'd be more expensive to right, buy it because they were saying it's not worth a lot because there's bars. They got to my point exactly. <laughs> they agreed with you, so they bought it for 245 mil. Now the U.S. government says not so fast. We want it back, and I have a theory. Why would they possibly want a gay dating site where men? I think it's grinders mostly men. Uh, right. I don't think it's. It sounds men. I don't think it, it sounds like a manly site where men, yeah. possibly closeted men. Possibly United States politicians, closeted men, would create a profile and then put pictures of unsavory parts of their body <laughs> on there to try to attract other men. Possibly our vice president, people, maybe not him, but our people vice like president? him. I'm just saying. <laughs> Slow down. Lawyers are cutting people. Why, why else would the United States government want to buy this for hundreds of millions of dollars from a Chinese company? They want to get that information back so it doesn't get out to the general right. public. The Chinese, Am I wrong? The Chinese blackmail box, you're saying, is, is this is helping the Chinese with blackmail material. It, they got dick pics, dick of, pics of, of, of Dick Cheney or whatever his name is, Mike Pence. <laughs> All right, let's not use any names. Our lawyers are frowning against that. <laughs> Allegedly. Let's just say they've got important people's dick pics. Yeah. And what, and even just having a facial Ted pic. Ted Cruz. It may, may not all be dick pics. I don't, you know, they could be just body shots. They could be body shots. But one thing we know about high-profile men especially is they, they're not stupid enough to put dick pics on the internet. Andrew Weiner. Oh, wait, yeah. <laughs> are you far. being facetious? <laughs> they all so, are. So this is a good theory because when you said, when you put the story in, I had no idea where you're getting at, like why the government would want this. I don't have this dark That's line. That's the only you. reason why the government would want a gay dating app owned by a Chinese company. There's no other that a lot of Americans are on. Am so I wrong? Maybe this is what Ikram needs to do to get the value up events. He's got to figure out a way to get some things. In state. You in, can't get dick pics, but he's got to figure out a way to get things that the government audio. wouldn't want. Yeah. Audio. Blackmailable stuff. Because then the Chinese will buy it. And then the Americans try to buy it back. That's <laughs> the, the key. long play. The long play. <laughs> you got to sell it to the Chinese first. We got to get your brother or someone in or the Russians. to put some state secrets on Ents. Or the Russians. And then China buys it. I, I don't know. I'm just You need audio it. of uh, two politicians yeah, banging? They need, they need some video. They, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you are having an, a, an illicit moment with somebody important who, who's cl not closet, just someone who's like in a relationship with someone. No, oh, it has to be closet or yeah. else there's no blackmail. Right. Ents. You got to ents it. You have to be closeted. Because it's really. Uh, Closeted only. And We're right, accepting closet right now, Hens is in a place where that's not betraying anyone because no one's going to find out. But the goal, Hens, <laughs> is that one day it reaches the point where it's going to... If yeah. enough of you sign up. Enough of you sign up, it can be used for very dangerous things. But Cap, that's, that's our goal. That's the podcast. We really got off the rails this week. Should we go? We got the live pod to get to. It's going to come out a week from today, I or was, you can just come tonight. Yeah, I'm saving my coherent news takes for the live pod. Sure. <laughs> that's it. Thank you to our guest, Kaplan. What should we do? Let's get lost. Get lost.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.